Real facts, real opinions, real talk. It's time for Roadworthy Drive, hosted by Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little. If it moves you now or in the future, you can rest assured that they'll be talking about it right here. So here they are, the mobility duo with the technology twist, Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is our number two of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. We are Ken and Sasha. The mobility pair with energy storage issues. <laughs> never enough energy and oh, and never enough storage. Uh, never enough storage. Yeah. Because where am I going to put all these shoes? I don't <laughs> think we were talking about that kind of storage. But anyway, thank you for sticking around. Now, for this hour, it's news tidbits from the parts bin and a review of the 2019 Mazda CX-5 crossover. They got some stuff right and some stuff, well, I'll tell you about it in a few minutes. Also, this hour, that popular segment that people are talking about, Tech with Sasha, all new this hour. And all that with the comments that come from the peanut gallery at no extra charge. Wait, peanut gallery, really? I'm back in the peanut gallery? Yeah, well, you know what? Have Sorry. peanut will travel <laughs> if the shell fits. Wow. J just saying. Wow. Just okay. saying. Okay. But first, folks, connecting with us is easy. Uh, call or text the Roadworthy Driveline, that number. 872-222-9793. Email is easy, too. That's Ken at RoadworthyDrive.net. Either way connects you to the show. Speaking of connections, please say hi to the lady of the house, my vivacious co-host, Sasha J. Little. Hello, hey, hello. Hey, there you. For hour number two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You all set with uh, the Tech with Sasha thing? I am. I am. Some okay. creepy stuff. It was actually a hard decision this week. Really? Like, yeah, like what to talk about. Uh -huh, but you figured it out. I did. Uh -huh. I did. Well, you know, folks, and you're going to want to stick around for that because, you know, Sasha doesn't like to be kept waiting. You keep saying that. I, but it's true, though. <laughs> it's true, though. One time. Yeah, all I'm saying is just keeping the truth. Uh-huh. Keeping the truth. Okay. Uh, from the parts bin. Um, company called, and I think I'm going to try to get this pronunciation right, uh, RC Moto. Um, it's a Eugene, Oregon firm. They've developed an electric three-wheeled uh, vehicle, and uh, they call it the Everyday Electric. It's low speed, lightweight, and you can putt-putt around and do a bunch of stuff with it. Okay, now when you're saying low speed, like what kind, talk to me, what kind of low speed are we talking about? I want to like say- Like under 40, under uh, 30? Top speed is 75 miles an hour and oh. a range of about 100 miles on a single charge. <laughs> but can I go 60 miles an hour and go 100 miles? Uh, they didn't say all that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not like that other vehicle. It's not, li it's not a lucid air. Right, right. Just I was, sorry. I was just wondering. No, 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 no. We're talking about a price- of $19,900. Oh. It's a little bit higher than their target price right. of eleven nine. They're working to get that down. Uh, as opposed to the Lucid Airs, you know, starting at 60, yeah, going I was, to 100. I was wondering. Yeah. 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 Um, it kills me because I keep thinking about that three-wheeled car they've been trying to get to market down in Louisiana, the Elio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but people yeah. keep figuring out how to bring three-wheelers to market. Yeah. There's that Electromechania, uh, Mechina. Solo up uh, in Canada. Yep, yep. That they did one. it. Yeah. Now these folks in Eugene, Oregon, and they started in 2007, and through well, eight and through eight different generations of development, and now they're offering it for sale. Uh, the nickname for this, the fun utility vehicle. They call it an F 
U V F U V. Don't get your letters mixed up. <laughs> Family show. <laughs> Evergreen edition. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I mean, let me just ask this: Is this is a two seater? I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And do they say that's kind of cute? Mm-hmm. That's. I mm-hmm. mean. They could do rugged or they could do like sedan style. And that they're going to be bringing different models to market, some with long, bigger range, smaller range. So there's going to be a little bit of something for everybody. Okay. But my point is that there are more and more mobility choices for people. You don't have to go big and expensive to go uh, electric. That's Particularly true. if your needs are urban and you know, maybe errand based. Yeah. Uh, my questions for this, and the article seemed to be silent about it. Do I need a license? What about insurance? And it doesn't even address either one. Yeah, because is that technically, because there's a motorcycle type. No, what am I thinking? Well, of? The no, one that's a three- Elio had that problem because being a three-wheeled enclosed, uh, depending on the state, some were saying, okay, you're a motorcycle and you're subject to these laws. Right. You're a car, like a you're trike. subject to those laws. Yeah. And they were trying to get it even so that they didn't have to uh, meet the more stringent automobile federal motor safety standards, which would make these things, basically, you wouldn't be able to do anything with them. That's true. you couldn't sell them. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that other firms have figured this out and Elio is still trying to get one to market. And honestly, with what Elio was trying to do, has passed him by. Because they were trying to get high mileage out of a gasoline engine. Yeah. And that's done. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got electrics now yeah. that have a lower cost and will do more than you know their gasoline engine one. That's true. So, yeah, but I wanted, I wanted to share that. The, three, the everyday electric, the fun utility vehicle is called rc moto that is a r c i m o t o and uh what that means because they actually tell you what the name means okay future i drive and it's their aspiration to devise new technologies and patterns of mobility that together raise the bar for environmental efficiency footprint and affordability they think that one person driving around in four thousand pounds of sheet metal uh, to do five miles round trip is an incredible waste. I happen to agree. Speaking of that, yeah, back to buses. Ah, oh, got a thing going on. I do. Th- California. Thing. Okay, what's going on? Hundred percent electric by twenty forty. They jumped. Up. California. 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 Like the entire state. Uh, the California Air Resources Board says converting the state's 12,000 buses to electric power will deliver the benefits equivalent to converting. Four million cars. Wow. Oh, wow. As an added benefit, uh-huh. uh, buses follow the prescribed, usually low-speed urban routes, and the diesels they replace are particularly dirty and inefficient. As an added benefit, they're used most in disadvantaged communities where pollution is often worse. Right. Cleaning up the buses on the streets can improve quality of life. That's true. So I take it they're slowly just replacing their diesel, if I if I heard you right, with electric. The California Air Resources Board, called CARB, right? Uh, they passed what they call the Innovative Clean Transit Regulation back in December. Right. Get this: it requires the state's two hundred public transit agencies to submit proposals to CARB for how they plan to turn over their fleets to electric power by twenty forty. 
<laughs> that ain't an option. Did I mention 200 transit agencies? That's just California. You know, say what you will, I got to applaud that. I mean, they're not even going to give them... But there's even more. Of course there is. Eight of the state's ten largest transit agencies already use electric buses. Yes, because we talked about that. Several companies, Proterra, we talked about Proterra, which yes, is based in California, and China's BYD already build electric city buses. Yep. In ten years, CARB expects all new buses purchased in the state to be electric. By next year... They expect to increase the number of electric buses and state roads from 153 to over 1,000, almost a 10-time increase in one year. Now, see, I could totally, yeah. I mean, that just makes sense. As the, as the uh, gasoline or, I mean, the diesel in, uh, buses go under, just mm -hmm. replace it with an electric. The law is expected to eliminate more than 7,000 tons of harmful diesel emissions, and get this, 19 million tons Ooh. of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere by 2050. Oh, wow. But there's more. CARB, in a separate action, is considering a regulation that will require airport, rental car, and parking shuttles at the state's 13 largest airports to be electric, too. Now, see, that to me seems like a no-brainer. Like, that to me seems like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. Wait, did they, did they say rental cars? Rental, well, your shuttles. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like rent, like it no, hurts. No, Rental or Well, the you know, shuttles that take you back and forth right. that you'd ride. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, they hope to retire all non-electric airport shuttles in 16 years. That is crazy. That, that. Me that measure reduced toxic emissions by nearly 140 tons and eliminate a half a million tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere by 2040. That mm -hmm. is craziness. On top of all of that, let me go back to the buses. They also the but the other advantage of going to the buses, electric buses, they have dedicated depots where high powered chargers can be installed so they can charge overnight and in between shuttle schedules throughout the day. And we've talked about here how they've developed uh, wireless chargers. Yep, the wireless chargers for the that buses. could recharge a bus in as little as thirty minutes. Yep. So. California continuing to be on the forefront of what's going on on electric. It ain't all Canada. When we return, it's the 2018, I'm sorry, 2019 Mazda CX-5. More power comes at a cost. I will explain. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. paid a lot of money for that car of yours and here's the best way to protect your car's engine a new purolator oil filter it stops dirt as small as 39 millionths of an inch filters all the oil all the time so listen to your service station man and put in a new purolator oil filter every time you change your oil if you're just tuning in you're listening to ken and sasha we are roadworthy drive thank you for listening now in recent years mazda has sharpened its image uh, boasting more performance and more upscale. And the benefits of this laser focus, one of the vehicles, is the 2019 Mazda CX-5 crossover. And this is a vehicle that I just recently had and had a chance to spend a week with and just want to talk to you a little bit about it. Now, the CX-5 was launched in 2012 as a 2013 model and it replaced the CX-7 in the automaker's lineup. 
slotted between the smaller CX-3 and the larger CX-9. The company considers the CX-5, and this is their term, they call it a compact crossover SUV. Uh, or CUV in industry jargon, and I'm not sure, compact crossover, talk about blurring segments. Crossover used to be a separate uh, segment and the SUV, but now they're blurring them and we've got a compact crossover SUV. Okay, anyway, the CX-5 incorporates Mazda's SkyActiv technology suite, which includes a rigid lightweight platform combined with a series of efficient engines and transmissions. Now, for 2019, Mazda updated the CX-5, which, by the way, is their best-selling vehicle in the United States. Uh, in the last recent year where they had numbers, in 2017, they sold over 127,000 of these. And it's been increasing every year since it came out, every year since its launch. The CX-5 is available in sport, touring, and grand touring trim levels. For 2019, the automakers added two line-topping trim levels, uh, and they're only available in all-wheel drive, the Grand Touring Reserve and their top-end signature. These two new trim levels also add something to up to now. I got to admit, I found lacking in the CX-5. Power. Yeah, about time. Thank you, Mazda. Their Skyactiv G 2.5-liter turbo four-cylinder engine has 250 horsepower. That's up from the base engines, what I considered kind of anemic uh, or unimpressive 187 ponies, which gives the crossover the juice needed to make driving a very enjoyable experience. I enjoyed driving this vehicle. It had the get up I wanted. It handled well. And once you drive the turbo in a CX-5, nothing else really in that, in that particular body style and that particular model would be acceptable. Behind the wheel? The new engine, bolted to a six-speed automatic with sport mode, was just the thing to cover long expanses of Midwestern interstate at traditional cruising speed. Having said that, I got one major complaint, because, you know, as an automotive journalist, we've got to have something to fuss about. Um, it's the fuel economy. Now, I actually checked the CX-3 in signature trim to find out how big the fuel tank was, and it's a 15.3-gallon fuel tank. Now... I've driven a lot of different cars out here in the Midwest over the years, and I'm generally not fearful of running out of gas, uh, even though up here, when you get off the major interstates and major highways, it's easy to go miles without hitting a gas station. I don't know if it was a function of the slightly small gas tank or my perception, but it seemed like the gasoline just didn't last that long with underway. Maybe my lead foot. Who knows? Uh, when considering other vehicles I've tested. It seemed like that, almost as if the thing had a leak, really. I mean, I, I yeah, um, put plenty of money into that thing and wasn't sure, but I checked the fuel economy numbers. The fuel economy for the turbo engine is 22 city, 27 highway, which honestly for its size, I thought could be better, but it's not the worst I've seen. But yet I got to think, that it's more an issue of range anxiety for me because the tank was sort of small. I think, you know, if Mazda was willing, maybe in the next update to consider maybe a 17 or 18 gallon fuel tank, I think that might just do the trick. Otherwise, there was a lot to like. Inside, the interior accommodations were very comfortable and in typical Mazda style, everything was easy to operate. You know, things fell to the hand. It was easy to use things. I didn't need to take a doctorate course 
in uh, interior ergonomics to figure out how to use stuff, unlike some of the vehicles that I've driven in the past. I enjoyed a good view of the road, and like I said, the interior was comfortable, yet flexible enough to allow a ver variety of configurations for pretty much whatever my little heart desired. Um, there really, really, really wasn't a whole lot to complain about. Um, a few more things about what was new for 2019. Um, on the inside, uh, there was new ventilated front seats, new auto dimming rear view frameless mirror with home link. Um, the new, I'm not even going to call this, Keturah Brown Napa leather. Okay, new leather trim seats, I'll call it that way. Uh, basically, they made it prettier. It was nicer. Uh, for signature, the level badge, uh, I got new power folding door mirrors and a new 19-inch alloy wheel design. Now, I need to say something about bigger wheels. I'm not a fan because typically the bigger wheels are lower profile. That means they're wider than they are tall. And particularly up here in the Midwest, particularly this year, uh, being we're getting a lot more winter than we usually get, more snow, uh, unless you have a very aggressive winter tread, these tires tend to ride above the snow rather than dig into it. So the wider the tire, while it's great on regular pavement, gives you awesome traction and really awesome stability and grip, when you get into the deep stuff, not so much. It tends to work against you. So I would really rather prefer um, a narrower tire like a 55 or a 60 aspect as opposed to these 19-inch, which are typically 45 aspect, which means, honestly, if you're not familiar with the numbers, it's a wide tire. <laughs> A wide tire. Um, again, great for control and handling suspension-wise, but not so hot on the deep snow. That would be my main complaint. Uh, for the Grand Touring Premium Package, it adds uh, folding door mirrors and, again, the ventilated seats. Technology, and this is something that we get Sasha a little riled. New Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, you get both. Uh, Sirix SM, you get three years traffic and travel link suspension. Yeah, as opposed to six months. I'm glad to hear about that. Uh, a new 360 view monitor with front and rear parking sensors. If you've never experienced what they call surround view, once you've exposed it, my wife has it on her vehicle. Once you've had it, you would never, ever order a car without it. It's a way to see around your vehicle without even leaving your driver's seat. And it's so helpful. It's almost like a bird's eye view of looking above the vehicle down around it, the way that those cameras work. And I found it to be very, very, very beneficial. They have a new display, which is larger, 7-inch. And then they have this thing newly available, which means it's optional. Uh, active driving display with traffic sign recognition. Traffic sign recognition means that your vehicle will tell you on the inside as it's reading the speed limit signs on the outside, which I've seen this in a number of other vehicles before. Ah, the jury's still out. Is it helpful? It can be. Uh, is it sophisticated? It will even tell you about school zones. Uh, the only problem is it doesn't make the differentiation. If school's out of session, it will show you if you're going through a school zone what that speed limit is if school is in session which may not necessarily be the case depending uh, when you're coming through. The MSRP for the 2019 Mazda CX-5 is 25750 for the Sport, up to 36890 for the Signature all-wheel drive. Next up is Tech with Sasha. Isn't that why you're here? Hurry back.
Roadworthy Drive is America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome to Roadworthy Drive. Ken and Sasha are your self-appointed guardians for the hour. And because we have your safety in mind, you're going to want to check out the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com, you know, for your own protection. That's right. Uh, We actually post a lot of different stuff up there on the website. Uh, We're starting with the Tech with Sasha this week, so that way people can actually follow along with, like, the links and stuff like that that I'm talking about. Uh, since I take security ultra, ultra serious. What? Yes. Um, and then you're also going to be able to take place, hopefully, uh, Mr. Chester will be able to share the pictures of the cars that he decides to keep for himself that he reviews in the segment beforehand. Uh, remember you just said that you take privacy and security seriously? Right. Folks want their cars back, Sasha. Uh, well, you know what? Just saying. They, they get a little, ha- they get a little, uh, they, it's a felony to, uh-huh. grand theft is a felony. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I just, would, you need to know that. I, I, I would, I would like the opportunity to be, you know, tempted uh, yeah, but, we did but, that last year. How did that work out for you? Yeah, well, you know what? That Mazda, you had absolutely no threat of that being stolen uh-huh. at, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Jelly mm-hmm. bean is mm-hmm. all I got to say. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yes, you'll want to go to the website, and that'll keep you up and informed as to what's going on with the day-to-day and be able to connect and see what's going on. Where else can they find us, Sasha? Well, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, Payton. On Twitter. You still Twitter patient? Uh, Twitter patient uh, be going on over mm, there on the Twitterin. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous uh, right? about that. And then, of course, they can find um, our podcast mm-hmm. on Spotify now. Super excited Yay, about that. Yay, Spotify. It's been really, really nice hearing from people, uh, especially on the text line. <laughs> Actually, mm. just got one right now. <laughs> mm. But uh, so, yeah, on Spotify and, of course, Google Play. Ah, okay. Yeah. And, of course, be sure to like us on Facebook. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. And now, people, without further ado, because I was threatened with bodily harm. Wow. It's time for Tech with Sasha. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone, or evening, whenever you happen to be listening to us. Um, this week, uh, we heard, we've we been hearing a lot about 5G um, as far as the new upgrade, like the faster uh, connection, for your devices, for your smartphones. Some people might have heard about the conundrum that's going on in California with 5G. Oh, I, th- I thought we were talking about bling. You mean uh, it's not about, no, G, bling, no? No. Oh. No, we're not. Oh. Are we? Continue. Thank you. Appreciate that. So I thought that I would be able to edumacate a lot of you with the reason why they're moving for a faster connection. And here's a little like segue into my rant that's going to go on for this for Wait, this wait a minute. Do we need a disclaimer this, for this rant? Uh, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, it's not because of you, the consumer. Th- this upgrade for faster data transference, it's not for you. It's not for me. It's not for us common people. I, I just want you guys to understand that. But wait a minute, autonomous cars though. And, and autonomous cars a little bit, but I kind honestly, of a lot. I think the autonomous cars, and this is why you allowed me to go on about this, is because of commercialization and data. So commercial. Okay, so we're gonna start off with something li- light. Okay, most people, it's after the holiday season. 
you guys have your smart speakers. Most people have either their Google Home or their uh, Alexa. Or their Alexa. Or their Echo. Or their Echo uh, at their home. Or even Cortana. I think. A lot of people are going towards smart home devices. So like your smart uh, light bulbs, your smart connection where you can tell your cell phone to please turn on the coffee maker, please turn up the heat, prepare the home for my arrival because you have told your car, your car then uses the, uses the, uh, the connection of your cell phone, connects to all the devices in your home, prepares for your arrival. The Internet of Things. The Internet of Things. And it's great if you have that technology. It's great that you're able to do that. It's convenient. It makes you feel like you're in a sci-fi movie. Which it's is awesome. creepy. Thank you. Yeah, it, okay, we're getting to that. Because do you realize that every time that your, uh, your devices turn on a light, turn off a light, that that light is then relaying its command to their data hub? Wait a minute, it's telling my business? It's telling all the business. Like uh, that, all that that's not okay. It's telling all the business. Because here's the thing that it I thought was actually a little scary. So in it's talking about you have a connected light fixture to Alexa. Okay? Mm -hmm. Amazon wants to know every time the light is turned on or off, regardless of whether or not you asked Alexa to toggle the switch. Mm-hmm. Televisions must report the channel that they're set to. Smart locks must keep the company apprised as to whether or not the front door it bolt is engaged. Okay, you know what? I'm going to solve this problem. Uh huh. I'm pulling the plug. Out of all your connected devices. Amen. This is why I do not have connected devices in my home. Uh huh. I've got a smart TV, and that's just about it. But mm -hmm. even that gets unplugged when I am not using and it. And how smart is your TV? I mean, it does it have I'm... an IQ? <laughs> Well, you said it was smart. You know, there is a comeback to that that would take this show political, but we're just not going to go there. That a girl. <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, it's talking about how tech companies are bent on establishing a beachhead for in the house. Now, they're saying it that they want to learn your behaviors. They want to learn your patterns to make it easier for you. Okay. You know what? Yeah. The only person I want to learn my patterns after almost 40 years... <laughs> Is the missus. Thank you. Is yes. the spouse. I'm telling you right now, these data companies, because of uh, if you have a smart bulb and it's going through your Alexa device, there's three different companies that are getting that information in the blink from when you say to turn on that light to when that light actually turns on. Okay, so why do they want to know that about me? Well, they try to say, because again, they're trying to get to know your patterns. I don't I'm want to get to know to my tell, patterns. Right? My kids don't know my patterns. <laughs> they're saying that... Uh, and I'm set in my ways. I understand that. They are saying that they want to collect the data to make it easier for people to manage their home electronics. Not. And I am telling you, it is not for that purpose. Mm -mm. They're trying to figure out what's the new peak time. You know, they when you talk about advertising and when you're talking about uh, where when you want your commercial... Mm -hmm. What is the new peak time given everybody's crazy schedule? So what you're telling me is it boils down to all about the money. All about if, if the they money. know, let's see if I get this straight. What you're telling me? Uh huh. If they know when I'm going to be most likely home mm -hmm. and us and and absorbing information, whether watching the news or listening to it or whatever, mm -hmm. if they know what time that is, they can charge a premium for advertisements during that peak time. Yes. Establishing mm -hmm. a new variance. And I mean, this all comes down to 
it comes down to commercialization. These voice assistants have boistered dozens of companies to to build in the internet-enabled televisions, kitchen appliances, other devices. Cars. Cars. It's not for the consumer anymore. It's so they can know exactly how to target the consumer. The reason why they came out with an internet-enabled coffee maker is not for your convenience. What? It's so that way they know when you're peeking up on that coffee. Does it know what kind of coffee? coffee? Oh, no. Depending on what you've got. Depending on what kind of coffee maker you've actually got, it might. Wait a minute. So the Starbucks police may show up at my house if it's not <laughs> Starbucks coffee? If you don't have, like, certified label copyrighted coffee. That is counterfeit Starbucks coffee. Oh, no. That See, is, that, that's not okay. Uh-huh. And that's just the beginning, folks. It's absolutely terrifying what they are actually taking from our homes. Imagine, people, when we come back, more of this terrifying stuff with Tech with Sasha. Keep it right there. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. If you're just tuning in, shame on you. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. We're your hosts, Ken and Sasha. But just for that, we're not going to bring you up to date on everything you've missed this hour. (laughs) You're going to have to go to roadworthydrive.com. Yes. We'll at least let you listen there. Right. Because we're not that mean. <laughs> Just a little. Anyway, before we get back to our Tech with Sasha segment, a few programming notes. One, if you live or are going to be visiting Central Iowa on March 10th, that's a Saturday, Sasha and I will be attending the Podcast Iowa meet and greet here in Des Moines. We'd love to meet you if you're going to be in town. Be sure to come up, say hi. Two, March means tax refunds and often the need to buy that first car for the recently legal street teen, I'm sorry, recently street legal, help us all, teen under your roof. Mm -hmm. But don't worry, next week, Sasha and I will equip you on what you need to know before buying them a car. We'll include some insurance information too. If you've been out of the market for a while, next week's show is going to be a great refresher for you. Be sure to tune in. (laughs) Now with that out of the way, It's back to tech with Sasha. Okay, so we're going to start off with... Be afraid, be very afraid? Be very afraid. Uh Um, I wanted to touch base with, just so you understand where the 5G and where the drive for 5G is coming from. Okay, but Sasha, before you do that, uh, tell them what 5G is. Okay, so 5G, if you have not read or been paying attention onto the news lately... 5G is instantaneous data transference. It is, you know, like right now, you've got a little bit of lag time. If you're on your cell phone, there might be a little bit of buffering. If you pull up like a website. Or In other you, words, most phones today are either LTE tech or 4G. Or 4G. Well, or LTE 4G or something like that, you know. And right now, there's Letters. just a little bit. I mean, it might not be very much. I know at sporting events, the cell phone companies will often bring in boosters. So to make sure that everybody, it's as fast as possible. Get that money. Right. You know, it's funny that you say that. Mm -hmm. Get that money. Mm -hmm. Now, with 5G, it is instantaneous. Mm -hmm. It There is no, what they're assuming is that there will be no bog time, no matter how large of data or how Many many people are using the network. Okay. Now- by that same premise, 
My point is it's not for the consumer as much as it is for advertisement and con- commercialization. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say this, I'm going to set a premise for you. What goes on right now? When you're using a smart speaker in your home, mm-hmm. you tell Alexa, turn on the light. Okay? Mm-hmm. The l- software would ask the light bulbs makers servers for the current status of the light bulb. Then after a reply came back confirming the switch was off, Alexa would instruct the light to turn on, which is why when you're actually using your smart devices to control things, there's a little bit of a um, delay, okay, which is understandable. Got to ask that permission. But what exactly? But I don't think that people understand what's happening during that pause. I didn't know until you just it's told me. It's data transference. Mm-hmm. It's not just the latency from going from one machine to a, a, talking to another piece of machinery. It is also that data transference that has to happen between the two servers, and okay. that's going through your Wi-Fi, by the way, that you're paying for. Mm-hmm. You're paying for that service, and they are using that service that you're paying for to make money off of you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to get back to, you know, on this, because again, partial rant. Now, in a push to, for that accelerated, last year, Amazon and Google are recommending, and in some cases requiring, that the smart homemakers tweak their code to reverse that relationship. So instead, the light bulb must report in to the hub with its status at all Times. So let me get this straight. So yep. that means if they're using my Wi-Fi, yep, that that light bulb is continuously yes. connected yes. through the Wi-Fi, yes. telling all my business in real time yes. to Google and Amazon. Yes. That's not okay. Yes. Well, but why they, why they, what, maybe I like being in the dark. What's it to them? But it's not just the light bulb. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not just the light bulb. This I'm is going your home television. and unplug my coffee maker. <laughs> this is your television. This is your, um, this is your coffee maker. This is your kit, your refrigerator. If you've got one that is web enabled, you anything that you have connected with that Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. This is that they want a continuous stream on top of if you've got Netflix, if you're streaming, you know, whatever kind of movie service. They don't want you to experience that lag because they're collecting all of that data. And you know what's scary? We've talked about it here. Two yes. things. One, go ahead. The lack of security in the Internet of Things devices across the board, which makes them easily hackable. And. Mm-hmm. We talked about, I think this was closer to two years ago, somebody that actually did get hacked in their home uh, where the hackers uh, fooled with the oven, the lights, actually turned the oven up, yeah, and they could not override it. Yeah. It was nasty. Yeah. I mean, these are kinds of things that are wide open. And I mean, California, again, we've talked about this here, where they're, uh, where they're demanding or mandating that companies now can't have they have to have a specific code that's for that one device, not a universal code that right. will work for all models, right? And that's only part of the problem. You know, one of the things that they're trying to that they're trying to point out is that critics are acknowledging that these data collections at, are partially motivated by concerns that Amazon and Google will use their central position to muscle out rivals and dictate terms for the rest of the market. Say because it ain't so. If what? you're only using when you think about smart 
speakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there are some multitude of different brands, but what is the basic coding software that they're using? Mm-hmm. It's going to be either Google or Alexa. Mm-hmm. And then Indeed. if they're gathering all of this information, it cuts down to. But here's my big concern. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about data. We talk about big data. Yeah. But exactly. What exactly for an individual uh-huh. in an individual home, what data sets are they getting? What are they getting exactly? How often are they getting it? Mm-hmm. And do I have any rights uh, as to what they're allowed to get and how often they're allowed to get it. And can I say no? Can you say no? Yeah. By unplugging and not using? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I like my coffee maker. <laughs> uh, if I don't you get coffee, hope, it gets ugly. I'm just saying. You better hope that they don't figure out how to do the uh, the internet through the electricity. The we talked about that, too, yeah. a while back. Where it's not just the Wi-Fi. But let, let, well, then I'm going to go back to 1950s right? percolated coffee on the stove. Percolated coffee. Yeah. But, I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, to answer your question, the Logitech Harmony uh, remote controls, they were talking about Logitech reports back with broad descriptions, specifying what the user is watching that they are watching television instead of passing on the information about what they're actually watching. Okay. Logitech is one of those uh, controller companies. Yes. Like the Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, things like that. Okay. Well, it's amazing how fast time flies when we're together. Be sure to tune in next week when Sasha and I do this all over again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.